Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Stream of the Classroom. I'm Tori Cameron, and today we have Casey Ryerson on the podcast. He is from Minnesota, and he is a fourth and fifth grade STEAM teacher. Uh, we're friends on Twitter, and this is the first time that we're chatting in quote-unquote real life, because technically we're, you know, video chatting. Welcome, Casey. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tori. Um, I knew that you weren't going to try to pronounce the name of my city either, which is Bemidji, which is kind, <laughs> of a, kind of a tongue twister as well. But um, yeah, so I'm fourth fourth and fifth grade STEAM teacher um, here in Bemidji, Minnesota at a public school. Um, I think our my situation is kind of unique because I don't know of many fourth and fifth grade buildings, especially in my area. So uh, we're kind of new to it, and that last year was my first year in the STEAM classroom, and um, I don't think I could have enjoyed it anymore. It was absolutely fantastic. So um, looking forward to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Last year was my first year in the STEAM room, too, so I'm sure we're going to have a lot to chat about. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Is, um, did you start somewhere else, um, like in teaching a different subject or something? Yeah, so I taught... Uh, I taught fifth grade. I actually started in Title I. I don't know if that's something you're familiar with out east or not, but that'd be like a kind of a remedial support role. I yeah. actually did kindergarten in first grade when I was in Title I. I did that for my first year of teaching. And then I moved to the fifth grade classroom, which uh which was awesome. Once I started, I actually fell in love with that age group. So I looked uh once I moved to the STEAM room, I was pretty happy that it was a fourth and fifth grade role because uh, that's the age group that I like the most. Yeah, they're a great age group. I teach them too. I teach grades three through six, so I have um, fourth and fifth too, and they're fun. I um, before I've I've taught sixth grade, I've taught fourth grade and third grade as a classroom teacher, and fourth grade has always held held my heart a little bit, you know. I had like yeah. an awesome, awesome fourth grade teacher when I was in fourth grade, Mrs. Richards. And <laughs> like ever since then, I'm just always, I, I don't know, there's something about that age group and there's just something about fourth grade that's just a little magical. Yeah. And I, I think that fourth grade, in my opinion, because I hadn't taught fourth grade before, you know, I went from K1 to fifth and kind of missed that fourth grade. But just my experience last year with my fourth graders, I thought, I felt like they, they had a little bit more spark even than the fifth graders with, without even, I mean, the fifth graders loved it as well, but uh, that fourth grade group is the whole year they, they hung it out. They wanted to be there. And then, you know, fifth grade kind of gets antsy towards the end of the year. It seems like to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get to that middle school age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they want to move on to bigger and better things towards yep. the end of the school year. <laughs> All right, so let's chat about your classes. You have, um, from what I read on your website, you have a whole bunch of different types of classes, um, and you also have um, a lot of different types of students. Do you think we could chat about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, this, the school day for me is set up with, uh, I, I service all fourth grade classrooms in the whole building and all fifth grade classrooms in the whole building. So that's, uh, it's 15 and 15 of both. There's 15 fourth grades, 15 fifth grades. 
Wow. And then we also, yeah. So, um, and then we also, it's, it's a very big school. It's all, all the public school kids that are in fourth and fifth grade. And unless they go to our, we have a Catholic school in town and, uh, a couple other smaller, um, schools that students have options to go to, but anybody that sticks to the public education is going to go to our school. So we have about 850, 900 students all together. Wow. Um, so yeah, I have fourth and fifth grade, which are the days split in half, fourth in the morning, fifth in the afternoon. But then we also have, um, we service, um, our special ed program as well. So I have an ASD classroom, um, an EBD classroom. And can, you a DC- tell, can you just say what the, um, yeah, what the acronyms yeah, are. Just in case people know. yeah. So we have a, an autistic class, um, any of the kids that are on the spectrum, usually these classrooms are pretty small because they have to be at a pretty high level. Yeah, um, they're separate program. Yeah, exactly. So, and then we have uh, the emotional behavior disorder class. Um, and then we also have the uh, DCD, which is developmentally con- uh, cognitive disorder. So they're uh, the lower kids, but, you know, at least it's absolutely, I think some of the time that's the most fun part of my day is, having those classrooms come into. So we service all the special ed programs as well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then you noticed uh, that we have ex- what we call XSTEAM. Yeah. So that's kind of like an extra STEAM class. So the students that are in my regular STEAM class will actually have XSTEAM. Not all of them, but certain ones that are either nominated or if they have, uh, I hate to say it, but if their test scores kind of meet and, fit into that it's kind of like a gifted program i guess mm-hmm. so and then there's inside of xsteam there's a couple different options um i teach vex robotics um and then actually you my my colleague does what he calls eagle eye news which is absolutely awesome and um certain quarters of the year we'll kind of team up on that but he he kind of took that under his wings and he, he went off with that, which is really cool. So Eagle Eye News is a weekly uh, school publication, I guess. And he gets those higher level students to get together and uh, put together just kind of the happenings and going on in school every week. So that's a pretty neat deal. And then uh, let me see. Well, he, t- so then <laughs> Our school year is broken up into quarters. Mm-hmm. So um, we have we service students for an entire quarter. We have them every day for a half an hour a day, and we're their specialist during that quarter. So how it works is that the students will have art one quarter, music one quarter, then they'll have me for steam physics. For one quarter so i teach uh steam but ours is based off of most of the physics side i'm oh, cool and then and then uh, my colleague does steam digital so digital steam is what they call it and then he so he does more of the uh um, coding side and stuff like that mm-hmm. or tech so um so, so mine is yeah. do you that? see the kids for only one quarter out of the year yeah exactly so i see them for one whole quarter Every day? every day, every day for that quarter for a half an hour. Oh, cool! So I mean, it's it has its pros and cons. It's kind of you know I've learned in just my first year last year. I learned a lot just how to kind of time manage that piece mm-hmm. because I 
have them for half hour. So it's in and out and those kids need to be busy the minute that they walk in my door. Right. And half an hour is really not that much time when you consider clean up and like set up and traveling to you if you know if that's what takes up time or whatever like I get it um some of my kids come from lunch or um from recess like all different places and that can eat up away at the time and like oh I can only imagine the half an hour probably is more like 25 minutes or something yeah yeah no it, it exactly we actually we have to save you know three minutes or so at the end just to hustle up and to clean up and in my classroom we do a lot of the you know building um things and and it seems like you know certain days that we're stopping five minutes early just to pack up all of our stuff and make sure that's stored and put away and not left out for somebody else to think it's garbage or whatever and lose yeah. it so you know, one class is out and the next class is in, there isn't much time for me to just kind of go around and scope everything out and look if anything was left out or missing or so it's a, it's the transitions. That was the biggest learning curve I thought, but, uh, towards the end of the year we got it under control and I had my lessons kind of broke up into what I want them to get done in that certain specific day. And, uh, I thought the schedule was you know, I finally figured it out about two or three quarters in. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally understand. Um, I see the kids for five days in a row and then it switches and I don't see them for like two months, give or take. Wow. Um, so how long do you have? 45 minutes? Um, it's 50 minutes, <laughs> but it really doesn't end up being 50 minutes because of transition times and cleanup and everything like that. Um, it depends on the grade level too. Uh, Cause as the specialist teacher, we also go and pick up the kids and drop them off. So it depends, um, you know, how long it takes us to bring them back and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but anyway, it's hard because I always, so especially last year going from knowing 40 kids names to trying to know, like 750 kids names, I feel like I would have such a handle on it by day four or like day three. Cause I only see the kids like once a day um, for five days. And then I don't see them for two months. And I'm like, Oh no, I feel like I have to start back from square one. Like <laughs> when I see them again, two months later, it's hard trying to learn all the names. That's so true. That's so true. I can't. So, How is it for you? <laughs> it's it actually, I think it's kind of, nice because I have them every day for a quarter yeah. you know and I start to get to remember their names but it does I mean it takes a couple weeks and what I did just my first quarter I actually started with the my egg drop project first which we we did as a group project mm-hmm. um, and I found out that that probably wasn't the best way to do it because I also did an airplane we just built paper airplanes and we threw them at a target and they tallied up their points and whatnot. And we did spreadsheets kind of alongside it. Yep. I did that project first, second quarter because the kids would come up because I was recording their scores at the same time. They'd come up to me. I'd be sitting by the game board and they'd throw and I just went alphabetical order every day for like four days straight. I watched them all throw, kind of put faces ah. names, and I thought that helped out quite a bit. So now this year I have, you know, I got, I'm planning on doing an individual project first and then a couple of group projects after that, just because 
<laughs> I want to be able to remember these kids' names. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And I'm someone that loves to know people's names. And when I don't know, I like, I just, I feel bad. You know what I mean? And I, I hate asking the kids like halfway through the year, like, what's your name again? Because they're like, come on, Miss Karen. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm trying. I know, or you see kids out and about and you know you have their name at the tip of your tongue and you'd feel so much better about it if you could just say you know how are you doing James or whatever their name is just to make them feel special and that you remember you remember them but you just can't you just can't remember their name and that happens all too often yep and I can be like oh I know what home room you're in I know when I'm going to see you next but uh, <laughs> it's funny I'm working on it. I'm sure this year will be a lot easier too because I will have had uh, three of the grades in the school and, you know, we have the third graders coming in, the incoming third graders, so learning their names and then I'll I'll have them for four years in a row. So by the time that there are sixth graders, I feel like I will really have a handle. Yep. (laughs) Then you'll start getting siblings and then you'll start calling the siblings by the names of their brothers or sisters or whatever and yeah, (laughs) that gets... But when I was um, when I was teaching in the classroom, I uh, my co-teacher, well, not co-teacher, um, like my partner teacher, she would teach the ELA and social studies and I would teach um, science and math. She had been there for 40 years. So she had people um, that she had. She had the kids that turned into the adults that turned into the parents that. <laughs> Their kids, she so she like to have the whole family tree of people, <laughs> and she would always tell me like, oh yeah, so that's so and so who's related to this person who's also related to, and I'd be like, how do you know all this? It's so crazy. Oh, that is. <laughs> I actually work right now with uh, my wife's fifth grade teacher, so married that's to my wild. wife. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's not it's not too crazy. He isn't that old, but it is my wife's teacher. You he probably um, had her as a student when he was first starting out or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Um, we've talked about your different classes and how you service all students. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about your, um, your relationship with the other STEAM teacher? I don't know many schools that have more than one STEAM teacher. Yeah, no, I, you know what, I, first off, like, I, the administration that we have at our building, it's just absolutely awesome that they actually got this ball rolling and, and were able to get two STEAM teachers to service. So basically what we did was we dropped tech class, which we had tech class before, just like typing and mm-hmm. whatnot, kind of dropped that. And instead they replaced it with STEAM, which we thought was an absolutely fantastic idea. So um, my co-teacher, or like I said, just my colleague that teaches STEAM as well. Um, oh, we have a fantastic relationship. I mean, we we get along really well. We're, we we meet up daily over our preps just to talk or lunch or whatever. And it seems like him and I have worked so many things out together that um, we both are on the same page. And we want this to be something special and big, and we want everybody to see that. So. Um, we're just making sure that we do everything that we can to to promote it and make sure that the community is on board and loves it, which I think we've done a pretty darn good job at. But 
Um, yeah, so my colleague Travis, he, he's not on Twitter for some reason. I don't know why. Did we get him on Twitter? Yeah, I know. He'd be great at it. <laughs> Sometimes he, he's, uh, I don't know, he just, he likes to do his own thing and he, he, he's, uh, he's a great colleague for me. I know he'd be great on Twitter, but I don't know why he doesn't do it. Well, I'll try yeah. to talk him to it yeah, again. Twitter, Twitter's <laughs> one of those things that I think, you know, once people get on there, they're like, oh, wow. This is great. I can connect with so many different people. But this is, you know, if they don't know, then yeah, they don't realize the the beauty that is Twitter. Yeah, no, it, he he says that he had tried it before, but you know, and he didn't stick it out or whatever. Maybe he didn't find the right group because that's. I mean, I had Twitter prior to finding people that are in the Steam world, and now yeah. that I've found people in the Steam world, it's way more beneficial to me than it was before. Right, so, just being able to talk talk things through with people or to ask ideas, see what yeah. other people are up to. I feel like um, I've created a wakelet of um, just things that I've seen on Twitter that I think are cool and at some point I want to maybe implement or something. So I basically just have been saving other um, tweets that I've seen that are just cool on, on wakelet. For for inspiration, for some. So do you do you have what's what, how do you save certain stuff? Do you put it on something special that you can look back at, or do yeah. you just write it down? Or? Have you ever used Wakelet? No, I have not. <laughs> oh, so um, Wakelet does a lot of things, but um, it's totally free too. But um, what I've been using it for lately is to save tweets, so you, you can actually put things into. You can actually, how do I say this? You can actually take an act. I'm saying actually too much here. Um, <laughs> you can take a tweet and save it onto um, your Wakelet board, and then you can come back to it at a later time, or you can share it with someone else. Let me pull up Wakelet unless we're chatting. Um, basically, like you can save, organize, and share different. Um, contents or different collections and so I created a little collection that's steam inspiration and anytime that I see something um, on Twitter or other places on the internet or anything I can save it onto my collection and I can choose whether or not to um, make it public or private um, and so basically anytime that I'm like oh, I need some inspiration I can open up my wakelet and I can look to see a all the different things that I've saved and um, and kind of pull from there. But yeah, Wakelet does a whole bunch of stuff. I probably should have a podcast about how great Wakelet is. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I just popped it up too while we're chatting. But yeah, it looks great. You could find you, not just Twitter. It's any any social media or... Yeah, you, you can put websites on there. You can do all sorts of things. Um, I don't even think that I've tapped the the tip of the iceberg with what you can do there's so much um on it and you and i know you can also use it with google classroom too you can um load it on there and i know a lot of teachers have started using it with their students so there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do um it's become all like the the um the rave with the teachers that i talk to around massachusetts it's like their it's like their thing right now so yeah, anyway great. We've digressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, right. Okay, so I want to talk about, um, you said that you had a 
girls code club when we talked a little bit earlier um before we started recording and i'd love to talk to you about having a club that's specifically for girls and also you said that um they've have been flying drones and everything, but I want to talk to you about having a club specifically for girls and if you've had any type of challenges starting it up, um, if people were um, like totally on board that I was only for girls or if there were some um, people that were upset or anything like that, because it's something that I really want to start. I think it will be great to have a club just for girls to be able to just not have to worry about I don't know. Like that, when I was a when I was a girl, like when I was a little girl, I always felt way more stressed out when I was trying to do math or science, and um, and I wasn't with like my friends. So I think that for to have a club where girls can just be together and cheer each other on, and not feel so much pressure um, to be perfect or to like different types of math and science, and to realize that there's other girls that like it too. I think that's such a great um, inspirational and also motivational um, opportunity for them. So I just kind of want to hear yeah. what your thoughts are. So I started it like cause I actually had recess duty in the morning for the first half of the year. So the second half of the year, I kind of wanted to replace that with something good. So um, my administration was 100% on board. And when I talked to my staff about it at a staff meeting, they were absolutely 100% on board. So way I looked at it is that I had I have that XTEAM class that we see some of those higher level kids but during the XTEAM time um, students can have options of um, orchestra or choir and I think that those are absolutely great things as well mm -hmm. but it seemed that a lot of the, the you know the female students were gravitating towards the those areas so I kind of wanted to give them an idea of what it'd be like to be in our X team class. Is your X team so, class mainly boys? It seems that way. I do have, I mean, we do have some, I'd say it's probably maybe 70, 30. Okay. So it's not too crazy, but I guess, I mean, we probably have a handful of girls in all of our X team classes, but yeah. for the girls, um, it's probably really obvious, you know, sitting yeah, there exactly. and realizing that there's only one or two other girls. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's, it's uncomfortable for them too. So, um, I wanted to give them a little bit more opportunity and to, just for last year, we started it out as, um, I handed out sheets to all the fourth grade teachers and all the fifth grade teachers. They, they nominated one girl that they wanted from their classroom to, that they thought would enjoy it and want to be a part of it. And, um, so it turned into something that I probably had, we did it on Tuesdays for fourth grade and Thursday mornings for fifth grade. And it was at seven forty in the morning to 810 which is when the first bell starts so that it was a zero hour class it was when they'd usually be eating breakfast or going out to recess so um they kind of had to give something up themselves just to come to it mm -hmm. and attendance was great i had maybe 15 16 girls there every time and uh i just you know actually um talked to one of the parents this summer i ran into one of the parents and and she said uh yeah after um, I had my daughter in that girls code club. Now next year, um, we're going to get her in to more steam classes. I oh, said, great. That sounds great. So if, the, if it worked for one, you know, that 
all I wanted, all, the whole idea was just to kind of introduce them and give them some spark on some ideas that, hey, you can do this and there's no different avenue for you to do it. It's just, I wanted to create that little bit of spark and um, actually had quite a few teachers just sit in and hang out with us. And uh, we listened to some crazy music and <laughs> fun and laughed and they liked trying to annoy me, but um, that early in the morning, I, I already had coffee and I was ready to go. So <laughs> no, I thought it was absolutely awesome. And it's something that will start again, but I'll, I'll probably wait, you know, a few weeks into the school year before once everything's calmed down and ready to go, we'll, yeah. we'll get fired up again. So that's awesome. I love it. I think it's so great to have that type of experience as a girl and, and to really just be able to do your thing. You know what I mean? Cause there's, yeah. there's so many girls that are just so interested in math and science. And then they realize that they're one of only a few kids in the class, like in the extreme classes. And then they, they don't want to pursue it. I am, yes. um, I have camps in clubs that I run. Um, and this year the camps that I, um, well actually last year too, um, a couple of the weeks that I run, I would have maybe one or two girls out of 10 to 15 kids and it would break my heart, um, because there was not more, uh, girls that signed up, but like when they're, when they're signing up for camps or clubs with their friends and they realize all their friends are going to be in, you know, sparkles and doll club or something like that which are totally options they're hilarious and definitely fun um but like when you compete against that and, and their friends are doing that you know doing steam isn't you know that's right. appealing, I guess. Just, <laughs> so i'm trying to yeah i'm trying to make some kind of club where it's really appealing to girls and and they want to come be together and um i kind of uh, planted a couple seeds last at the end of the last year just to kind of feel feel around see if any any girls would be interested I have all these sewing machines and oh. um, and I would love to have um, them like make scrunchies and things like that um, for the club so I'm hoping that it's gonna happen this year I think it will Good. But anyway, um, so you the girls ended up flying some drones yeah so we kind of built up to it. We did a, a girls code club. So I made sure that we kind of just stuck to the coding side of it. And we, we started off kind of with block coding and whatnot. And then we actually moved into, we used a program called workbench. Mm -hmm. Got am familiar with workbench with the Spheros and stuff. And then we have two, um, parrot drones that, uh, the girls coded as well. And it was, I mean, it was trial and error deal. It was so perfect that, you know, and all the girls wanted to do it. And the funny part of it is that you asked if anybody was upset that it was happening. Well, the students that were at their morning area, which I have a morning area, breakout area, right in front of my classroom, we'd have to shut the door because there'd be a whole bunch of boys peeking in, watching them, watching them fly the drones, watching the girls have fun and laugh. So I guess there was maybe some people that were a little upset that we did it but um they get the opportunity as well too so yeah so no, you, flew, you flew the drones in your classroom yeah yeah and we flew it's kind of the parrot drones are so they're small 
Um, okay. We do have a big drone that you could fly outside, but uh, the, I think any sort of wind would kind of make them fly off to the side and whatnot. My room's pretty large and it has pretty high ceilings. So that's like um, mine. Yeah. Yeah. So we had some, there were some crashes, but <laughs> they're kind of made, the parrot drones are kind of made to, to hit the wall every once in a while and you could kind of fix them, just replace the guards or whatever. So it is what it is. And the way I look at it is I'd rather replace some props or some guards because they're, they're probably going to have more fun hitting the wall and then fixing it than they would just flying perfect the entire time. Yeah. Did they find that, were they surprised that flying drones is actually pretty difficult? Yeah. I, you know, I think well, we did the coding side of it. So we actually didn't do like flying it from a controller or a phone. Oh, but, cool. So yeah, you so coded the drone to fly. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So what they, what they had to learn <clears throat> mostly is just like how, when, it, when we say move forward for 10 seconds at X amount of power, they don't know how far that is until they test it. So that was kind of, you know, take off, move forward for three seconds. Well, is that, you know, they test it out and they'd see and they'd run into the lockers. Well, three seconds might have been too much or maybe they had too much power or whatever. So it's kind of trial and error. And I think that's where they figured it out. Once they, Once one of them figured out about how much speed they can have or how far they can fly then everybody started figuring out and then they, of course they were throwing in flips and doing all, all this other <coughs> sorry <coughs> doing all sorts of other stuff <coughs> oh, no Casey it sounds like you need some water <coughs> okay I think I'm all right <laughs> I don't know what just happened all right it happens to the best of us it does <laughs> right Probably in the middle of class a lot of times too. Yeah, I, I like the kids are like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "My eyes are tearing out." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I've talked too much. I just need some water. Exactly. <laughs> That's really cool though that you're coding the drones. That's really awesome. I've done drones a little bit with the kids um, at camp and. Uh, they're always really surprised when they get the remote control and how difficult it is to fly them. And um, I think hindsight, obviously, 2020. So my first day, I think I started with like five drones and I was like, let's do it, kids. And then the next day we were down to two drones because um, definitely feared that someone was going to get hit by a drone when we had five of them because they were just flying all over the place. <laughs> and I was like, oh, geez, we probably should get some goggles, maybe like total uh, face mask. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, really, yeah. goggles probably isn't a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, you know, things, things that you realize after. But no, they loved it, and they wanted to do way more with them and, and everything, so I had to kind of figure out um, a little bit more. But... Anyway, so um, I want to talk a little bit before we wrap up. I want to talk about your student podcast, and I also want to talk about the Eagle Eye newscast. I know we um, mentioned it a little earlier, um, and then uh, and then we'll wrap up. So, what would you like to yeah. start with, podcast or newscast? Yeah, that well, we can start with the podcast. That'd be fine. And then go into either one. It doesn't matter. So, the podcast, um, I have. 
I actually ran that. I we kind of just got started with it, but uh, we only did. I think we did about four or five episodes of it. So it was kind of just a starting point. And I had two students that really kind of took it over and wanted to do it all of the time. So moving forward into this next year, um, we're going to do weekly podcasts for, cool. for this students and uh, their parents and whatnot to listen in just I kind of want to give just a look at inside my own classroom inside the classroom upstairs with Mr. Whittington and then uh, just maybe even inside their own classrooms or just the happenings around the building um, in a podcast style so but I want to want to have different students every time so I had we tested it out last year with a couple of students but um you know, they all do such a great job at that type of stuff. So um, I just used simple garage band and pieced it together and then put it on for all the teachers to see, put it on Google Drive and shared it with them. So they'd listen to it or let the kids listen to it because we have Chromebooks as well. So um, the students can find it themselves and listen to it. So um, basically what I want it to be is just kind of a look inside of what's happening around our own building. So that's what we're going to use that for. And then, that's really uh, cool. yeah. And like I said, the, the kids are, they, they want to do it. There's, you know, there's 15 kids. If I ask a classroom, if they want to participate in it, there's 15 kids that raise their hand and want to be a part of it. So um, it's not hard finding them. Right. <laughs> so when do you have them record? Um, so, Sometimes I do it over my prep period or in the morning if I have the opportunity to do it then. Um, and then there's little times during the day that, you know, we, I don't know if um, we have morning meetings and we have uh, meetings at the end of the school day for the teachers to meet with their kids in a circle before they leave. Well, so th those times I actually am on prep. So I steal, steal some kids and meet with them during that time. That's kind of what I've, phone would be the best time oh that's awesome yeah so um and then eagle eye news um is that's that's all my, my colleague he's the mastermind behind that which it's it's absolutely awesome it's hilarious and the students do it so um during x team that's actually his focus during x team every week they work on that so they kind of have it's his x team class is more of like a video class oh cool so they're putting together, they're going around getting interviews. We have some iPads and whatnot that they walk around and interview teachers or students or make just silly videos. Um, and then they piece it together. Um, there's always certain kids that are really good at um, writing scripts. Um, there's kids that want to be out in front of the camera. And there's kids that want to be running the camera. There's also those kids that want to be sitting back and editing. So they they do teamwork and actually Travis makes sure that they try to pick different roles and get a little bit out of their comfort zone. So, um, but yeah, weekly they put together a video or try to do it weekly. Um, and then every Friday morning, uh, the teachers can show their classrooms at the morning meeting time. So that's a pretty neat deal that, uh, that my colleague put together. And I think yeah. he's, He's done a really great job with it. And that's part of the, you know, us, him showing that, you know, this is something that's really special that we got to keep going. So 
Definitely. That's something that I've, that I've been wanting to do. Um, and we have green screens in my classroom and the kids just love them. And last year I had the sixth graders, um, cause they leave to go up to the junior senior high school. I had them as their final project, um, make, and they could choose what their topic was any, anything that had to do with either the town or the school and they can make a video about it. And they had to have um, a certain amount of questions to ask in interviews and a certain amount of people to go interview around the school and everything like that. And it was by far their most favorite project. And, um, and the, this, the other kids and staff and um, pretty much everyone enjoyed it in some part. Um, even they were even interviewing the younger kids. So I had like third and fourth graders coming coming up to me and saying, "Are we going to get to do that project someday?" And um, and I would put little clips of it on Instagram that I use for uh, my school and everything. And it was just it was really cute. It's definitely something that I want to do more of, and I want to figure out how to do um, either weekly or biweekly or something like that where we can just get a little news show going. I've talked to, um, in town, the community access uh, media um, department, and because they put out all, uh, all the um, videos on the TV and everything like that. Um, I've talked to them and you know, said, hey, is this something that you, know, you guys would be interested in? And they were like, yes, 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 like absolutely, we would love that. So I have to kind of figure out how to do it and, and what capacity and everything, but. I feel like it would give kids such an awesome platform to really feel like they're connecting more with the school and, and the people in it and also just kind of coming up with their own little show and, and picking and choosing what's important to tell everyone. I don't know. It's cute. Yeah. Just like, letting kids be creative and yeah. do what they can. You know, I mean, there has to be some sort of structure to it too, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I think the biggest thing, you know, that, that, uh, we noticed when when we started doing that is that you got to have jobs you know mm-hmm. you have to have you the kids need to understand that there's this 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 and this that need to be done and I think maybe you talking to the your local news there um, your media that you know they they know what kind of jobs are out there and what what needs to happen to make it actually come about so I think maybe even just having them come in and chat and figuring stuff out I mean you'd be able to find what kind of jobs needs to be done and it's it's a great deal and it gives the students a voice just like you said yeah and it also helps them realize that there's a lot of work that goes into production and and also the podcasting there's a lot of work that goes into like news radio shows and, and different like you know morning shows and stuff like that so it's it's great for them to get a get a good sense of um you know, a career path that they could take and, and what, you know, what it would take to get there and, and to be in those jobs and everything like that. Um, a few, a couple, no, not a couple, last year, um, well, not last class, not last school year, but the year before that, when I was um, still in, in the regular classroom, um, I, my homeroom, we had uh, a local radio show a local morning radio show um 103.3 amp radio the tj show um um, the two hosts tj and lauren and their producer matt came and visited my 
students and he talked about what it was like to um, be on the radio and the path that they took to get there and I think it was possibly the most impactful day of their school um, experience at least definitely for that year I mean the kids still come back and talk to me about it and they they got they had such an awesome connection with um, the visitors and to be able to hear from people who like I mean we all consider famous because they're on the radio every day right Um, to be able to connect with them in that way and to and to hear their stories and the decisions that they made to to get to where they were even if it wasn't the easiest decision because all their friends were doing something else but you know they had to go to work at 3 a.m. as an intern so that they could get to where they wanted to be eventually in their career like all that kind of stuff those stories had so much impact on the kids and I'm like forever grateful that they took time to come and talk to my class and I want to do more of that where I have more people come and talk about their careers and and be able to connect with the kids that way that's right one of the goals there there might not be you know not every student's gonna be completely on board with whatever they're talking about but if you can at least spark give a spark to a few of those students in your classroom that have some interest in it that's what it's for yeah oh yeah definitely and it was it was great I mean every single I had I had my two classes in there so I had around 40 kids and you could hear a pin drop that's how (laughs) that's how focused and listening they were and it was like 85 degrees that day and everyone was so sweaty in my classroom and it was like you know we had all the people in the room and and everything but they were so focused and so into hearing what they had to say and it was really cool I would highly recommend anyone that's listening to just reach out if you're doing some kind of you know project or topic or or anything um reach out and see if someone will come visit that's from that career field because um, yeah. I've I don't know since I've I've had many visitors in um, my classes and I always find that people do want to come and share what they do and, and talk to kids about it and um, they just they just need to have someone reach out to them and ask. yeah for sure and I, I think that yeah most of them want to you're right and and you having the radio station guys that I'm sure or guys and gals, I'm sure that your your students were sitting there just listening to their voice. Yeah. Knowing that they hear on the radio all the time. And like said it, I mean their their attention is so is there. So, you know, they're learning the entire time that they do it. And I think um you find the right people that want to come in. And we have a couple of uh local people that came and talked to us between, you know, like the DNR and uh uh um, we also have a, an engineering outfit in Bemidji that uh, builds mechanical stuff. Oh, cool. And they had us come out to their facility and um, see all of their, you know, their shop and how they build things and everything. And just hands-on experiences, even if it's just listening to somebody talk, is so beneficial for those students. And then if you could bring it back into your classroom and relate it, like you said, if you have the radio show hosts come in and then you do you do a podcast with your students or let your students write a podcast or come up with some questions. I think 
you know, if they can apply it right away to something that, and just test it out and see if they like it. I think that's, uh, it's not hard to find people if you reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, Casey, this has been awesome. And yeah. on, uh, on my website, I'm going to link your website, your, um, the school, your teacher website for school. Um, yep. because I think it has some really awesome resources and it shows your student projects and it also, um, displays a lot of the things that we talked about in this podcast, the, um, the newscast, your, um, your kids podcast and their projects and everything. And, and people can also see what, um, the other steam teacher in your school, Travis Whittington is doing, um, because you guys share the website. So, um, people can see all that. And then, um, and then I'll also put a link to your Twitter and how people can get in touch with you. But why don't we tell them right now how they can contact you? So, well, I guess Twitter is probably the best way right now. Um, and that's at, um, Mr. Underscore Ryerson. I couldn't have the Mr. and the Ryerson right next to each other. I had to split them up with a, with a underscore just because I, I couldn't have two R's right next to each other. It looks silly. So, um, so yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. But, uh, and on my website, um, you can find my email on there too. And people have questions or want me to send them any information I have, you know, I put together all my lesson plans on, um, Google slides. So if there's anything that people want to see or are interested in, you know, I only had, three main ones last year, but I have some new ones that'll be coming out. So um, if they, you know, we haven't done much to the website over the summer. So once school year starts up, there should be some new stuff posted once that we get the kids busy doing some new, important, awesome things. So um, those are the two ways, I guess that would probably be the best. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, and in the episode notes, I will have the spelling for Ryerson. So have no fear people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But if you would like to get in touch with me, um, you can also find me on Twitter at Steam of the CLSRM. Um, and my website is steamoftheclassroom.com. Casey, this has been super awesome. I'm glad that we were able to connect um, even through the different time zones. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, we got to chat and, and share our love of Steam with everyone. So thanks so much for coming on the pod. Appreciate you having me on, Tori. Thanks. I like what you're doing. Thanks. You too.